Brazil puts one up. Shemil, go header. Go! I mean, he takes it on one foot and he slaps it home on the other one. He goes! Go! Sergio Santos! That is absolutely brilliant. Shot, go! Montero looking, he's going to take it south. What a goal! Shemil, go! is as pretty as Duke as you're going to see in any old looking back. The shot! Goal by the captain! 2-1! Union! Here's Montero striking! Goal! 6-1! They win this with an exclamation point. The Union are in first place in the Eastern Conference. Hey everybody, welcome to Views from the Bridge, uh, the podcast, your second favorite podcast, about the first place Philadelphia Union, uh, which is still a thing. Imagine. It's They're a- still there, guys. They're oh, still crazy. up there. It's crazy. Uh, I'm your host, is mathematically proven to be most of the time. Evan, joined by a couple of my friends, and one of our new friends, well, an old friend that's new to this podcast, but... We'll, we'll save that for a minute. Uh, the second person you heard is Paul Catrino Jr. He's here. What's going on, guys? Good, but how are you? Uh, recovering from my uh, stand-up set that I had last night, which went yeah. pretty well, actually. Uh, yeah, people were saying it went a lot better than the first time, which is a, which is a nice backhanded burn, but also a compliment. It's called progress. It is called. I will take it. Uh, the person that you heard calling it progress is someone that I hope progresses into doing better at saying something after I intro. We're going to find out real soon. I've, it's Chuck I've had okay yep. intros to mm-hmm. this podcast. Yep. But there's been no progress. And I want to be just okay. But, but there has been. Progressing from Later. bad to okay is progress. It's fair. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of going from bad to okay, he made Oof. our intro really okay. Uh, Justin Ashcraft's here. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> what was do you? What was that? I'm sorry. I don't Were you know. Sneezing? Okay. Were you sneezing right there? <laughs> no, Justin I don't know. Ashcraft I don't know. That was just so weird. It was like bad to okay. Hey. <laughs> sorry, friend began who created our intro in the first place. It was terrible. Now it's good. Uh, Woo! Yeah, we're friends with the high film. Um, Justin doing his best Jerry Lewis impression, apparently. Um, Hey, and then uh, there's someone else that's here uh, who you might have seen from uh, releasing really, really pretty kits in general, um, hooking up Casa with some really good stuff, and, 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 he, he, we have a jersey now. Uh, it's it's Robbie from Icarus FC. How's it going, friend? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's hi. We're so glad that we were able to drag you on here. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. And talk some shop. Well, you know, any anything <laughs> to help our friends get over, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do anything for publicity, so. Yeah. Definitely been very busy doing all the jerseys and everything, especially with a lot of these local teams around here. And can I just say... I might be ordering two of our jerseys myself just because wow. I dude, they look great. <laughs> they are just super, super cool. And this is definitely something that is Philly inspired and you're going to want to get for sure. And there's finally a union adjacent podcast jersey with a middle stripe on it. That is damn right, and it's got snakeskin all over it. Mm-hmm. It is wonderful. It's good stuff. Uh, so you know, we would just sit here and talk about the jersey you're making for us for like 20 minutes, um, and we could because it's really good. Because it's really nice, but <laughs> I, I I don't think that's the only thing you do. And and I mean to be honest, I I don't think there's a lot of people that know the stuff that you're working on right now. Sure. Um, yeah. Which you know is fair. Um, so I mean, you know, you have you have the Casa deal coming up, which for people that don't know, uh, Philadelphia is like adult rec league soccer. Uh, well, it's not just a league. I mean, they pretty much have their own pyramid. Um, but you're doing some work for them. So how did that come about, and, and what are you doing for for Casa? Yeah. So I had actually they actually uh, advertised themselves 
as the country's largest uh, men's soccer league. So I, that could be true. Um, I've been sort of bugging them since I s- sort of started the company. Uh, yeah. And their deal with Hummel just ran out. Um, so we were able to work a deal out. And now I'm the official kit supplier of uh, the entire league. Um, so what that means is basically that teams in the league get a uh, a pretty significant dif- discount from our original pricing. Mm. So I think it's 25%. Um, and then uh, if they need a logo, we'll do the logo for them. And then all the jerseys are completely customized. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of the goals for me is I wanted to make Philadelphia's league the most stylish in the country. So hopefully, hopefully it's going to get there. But we've got... So far, we've got uh, 14 teams that have ordered. Um, so just hopefully we can get more. Um, and especially uh, going into the spring season, when they'll have a little bit more lead time, uh, we'll uh, hopefully get a lot more. I think what's super cool about it is that you have professional clubs that exist like throughout the country that not many people get to hear of in those lower leagues. But if they put out a nice kit, like, yeah. people are going to order that, you know? Yeah. Like, people are genuinely going to have some interest in it. Like, And it's nice because these, you know, this league that exists in our city and stuff can easily be more marketable to people if they're rocking these fresh jerseys. And yeah. the fact that you add a level of professionalism in helping them design their logo and you've been super receptive with the entire design concept of our stuff from the beginning as well. Just they're getting exactly what they ask for. It, and I mean, anyone that's had to talk to Paul for more than five minutes knows that that's really a chore in and of itself. You know. Luckily, luckily it was just email, so I didn't have to. Yeah, do it. it's true. It's true. You didn't actually have to listen to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Perfect. God forbid someone has to listen to me. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> no, but I mean, Chuck and I have this that we wear all the time because it's really pretty and like you know it's one of those things where it's like there's a ton of of clubs and like npsl and and, you know upsl and things like that that like if they have a nice kit people from all over the place will just buy it like minneapolis city comes to mind um and definitely like the casa stuff and even just like robbie you doing more you know interesting things with kits to kind Mm -hmm. of make kits you know streetwear which has been kind of a big trend. Uh, yeah. Another one of our friends uh, over at Away Days FC is kind of figuring out. Um, yeah. 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 We're, actually, mean, we're talking with them, actually. Right? Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then you're doing the other thing that's really great, and actually the, the boyfriend and I sent a kid out, he bought it for me the day up, to uh, a friend of ours in Oregon that's from Frankfurt. Uh, yeah yeah and you're so you're doing this neighborhood series uh which is some really really interesting stuff so if you want to um talk about that a bit yeah definitely so when i started this company uh it really wasn't designed to make money it was sort of just designed to uh let me do jerseys i wanted to do and then maybe get some money from teams that wanted me to do their jerseys but i never really thought it would turn into anything uh, so the first couple of jerseys I did were mainly like fake teams in cities around the country um, and neighborhoods in Philadelphia. So um, I actually took a lot of those concepts and uh, I think I've done, there are 11 uh, neighborhoods I've done that are going to come out hopefully October, uh, early November um, for sale on my website. So I've got Brewery Town, which is, I'm actually wearing that right now. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I've got... Uh, <laughs> East Pashyunk, uh, Pennsport, um, other South, another South Philly one. Uh, the Frankfurt one will be available. Yeah. I mean, I, there's oh, so many I can't God, even I keep that. track. Uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of right now. I'm sure there are others. Um, there's swatches and things. I'm sure <laughs> you that you'll just, find you immediately after. Like, I see you looking around right now. Just <laughs> yeah. different areas of the room. Got a Schuylkill one coming out that's going to just say Schuylkill on the front, but, like, completely misspelled, which I think will be funny. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. pretty solid. So, yes. yeah, and then other than that, I'm also doing a historical series. So I've got – I've already done my – the only one I've ever sold 
Um, well, that's not true. I sold the Frankfurt one, but the uh, this one sold. I sold over 250 of them. Uh, it's the Chernobyl jersey. Yeah. So it's uh, we did a jersey for the team that used to be in Chernobyl, um, obviously before the uh, incident. Um, so what that's incident? Really what well. happened in Chernobyl? Jesus. Watch the HBO show. <laughs> so yeah, we did one sort of inspired by the show. Um, and then we've got an Ottoman Empire one and a Republic of Venice one available uh, right now on our site, uh, IcarusFC.com slash shop is where you can find them. Um, and they're going to be a lot more. We're trying to release one every week or so. Um, so we've got a ton like in the holster just ready to go. Sweet. They're so they're so sweet because like they're they're so unique, mm. but they're sleek as hell too. Like you know, like the Chernobyl one, I I had a couple of my friends order them actually from me, and to see them in person, it's like, dude, they are a conversation starter. Mm. You know, yeah, they really are. It's like it's like a collector's item in a way, um, and you're not gonna find a lot of companies taking that kind of risk because yes. I definitely got blowback for that um, from. You know, people who were upset that uh, really? I had, yeah, you'd be surprised. Um, what is like the worst thing you heard about that? Like, what what's like the highest level of? Like, I can't believe I'm reading it, this. Twitter is tw- like Instagram's great. Everyone's like dope, awesome. Twitter's like fuck you, like you, like you're profiting off a disaster. Like I, I don't know. Oh man, I'm nice. sorry. Oh no. So, yeah, so uh, like I've sort of just had to like put yeah. blind on a lot of time on Twitter um, and just meet those people immediately. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but it is what it is. I'm good, man. <laughs> Robbie, what what was, like, the driving force behind this? Like, what, I mean, to me, like, I think, okay, I see a cool kid, you know, like, whatever. But you're like, no, I just want to design, like, I'm going to design a kit for the Ottoman Empire, which is beautiful, by the way. Um, it, like, super cool. But, like, what was what was the thing that you're like? Oh, I just needed to design this kit rather than just look at somebody else's design. Uh, you mean just for the Ottoman one? No, just 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 in general. I mean, you I mean you've now done a ton of kits. So like, what yeah. has been the driving force behind like? Because oh, a lot I just of them just seem them. like a lot of them just seem like you have an idea for it basically, and you just uh-huh. run with it. Like it could be some random yeah. thought that clicks in your head and just boom. So that's that's the nice there. part of being the designer and also the owner of the company is that you have no one telling you not to do stuff so a lot of them are truly like go back through my Instagram they're they're bad (laughs) and I, I I, I had no graphic design experience before I did this I just bought Illustrator and Photoshop one day and just sort of taught myself so um yeah like uh I did not know what I was doing um I know a little bit more now but uh like the, the I guess the idea initially was I you know was playing in casa um, in leagues and I always always noticed that the only thing teams are wearing were like a Man City a Dortmund or like a Chivas Guadalajara jersey and I was like or or just like some basic you know uh, I'm not gonna say the brand's names but major brand you know bullshit um, that they paid that they paid like eighty bucks for um, so I was like okay I can let me see if I can do that cheaper. And uh, also, sort of make the creations that I've always sort of drawn out in my notebooks when I wasn't paying attention in school. So, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of how it started, and then it really spiraled from there um, into like a full time job. Sweet. Yeah. It's so cool, man. And and what's I really like about it is that you do put a lot of like even just subtle detail into these jerseys, and when you see them. As a graphic version, you think, okay, maybe they get scaled back a bit, you know, like you're getting a concept of it and stuff. Dude, that FC Fishtown jersey I got a couple months ago, all the little intricate details into that whole thing, it's all there. Washed it like five times, not wearing down at all. It's super mm-hmm. comfortable. I have people ask me about it like any time I'm out in the city. You're talking about the John one, right? Yeah. Oh my God. It's so cool. <laughs> so that was see. That's another thing that's fun about this is uh, I have clients come to me with ideas, and like I'll just let them run with it. Like I'm not gonna. I'll I'll print whatever you want me to print as long as it's not like uh, infringing on copyright and trademark. Which the John one is a little close, I gotta say. But uh, <laughs> I think we got away with it. Uh, 
So, I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah, I think they we're can't fine. take they can't take it away from me. I'm, I I talked to my lawyer extensively about it, uh, who definitely exists, and we were like, we can respect it. So. Yeah, so we, we're we're good to go. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to get a views from the bridge. I'm also like freaking out that people are buying it that aren't us. Yeah. 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 Like that's really weird to me that people are gonna put this thing that we just kind of started on a whim as like a fu to a bunch of people. Oh yeah. As a so, shirt that yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. One thing about that is the. Uh, it's a weird sort of community. The uh, soccer kit loving, you know, Twitter, Instagram, but it's they true. really like, I don't, people are spending a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. buy, like, they're buying jerseys from all over the place. Um, if you can just keep yours right at where they're at, though, that'd be super great. Just don't, yeah. you know, don't get any ideas <laughs> about what other people want. Just keep it right at where it is. It doesn't need to move. Martin's listening to this, buddy. Just keep it right at that 45. It's oh, sweet. Martin's it's got a got a sweet deal coming his way. Oh, oh I'm sure he does. Yeah, so... Uh, we, I'm we really can... excited to see how much damage you're going to do to my uh, bank account when that happens. Yeah. So. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's going to be it's gonna be really bad, but I'm going to enjoy every second yeah. of it because it's um, going to be like that weekly thing of what am I going to buy next? So, uh, yeah, go, uh, go cop our kit, which is a weird thing that I can say. Um, it's in our... <laughs> Pin tweet right now at VFTV Pod. Um, well, if, come find us and we'll, we'll, we'll get you. We'll be difficult. Yeah, yo, hit email us. Hit us up. We're very yeah. easily accessible. Oh, what's the what's the email accept. for for that one? The email is vftbjersey at gmail dot com. Email your name, jersey number, your size, and we'll Whatever. get you all hooked up. Once you hit us up with the PayPal, you need any alternative forms of payment. Like bits of string, maybe yep. you just want to come hand me some cash. A big check in. We'll work you it know. out. Yeah. yeah. If you want to buy my groceries for the next yeah. week, I'll just buy one for you. Like, yeah, we'll work it out. We'll make it. We're happen. a very barter system. It's almost pay what you want, um, as long as it's the money that Robbie wants. <laughs> as long as it, it's an equivalent of forty-five dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great. Uh, that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> you talking about um, we're going to talk some soccer because the union did a thing. You're more than welcome to hang out uh, being a, a soccer fan. Imagine. Do. Um, <laughs> but, guys, uh, serious note, I, uh, the mayor of Negadelphia, according to Twitter in this last week or after the Atlanta game, uh, need to apologize for being too much of a realist in that I gave the Philadelphia Union locker room material. They used it and beat Atlanta United 3-1. That's uh, not a good apology. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I uh, I Caligari slash Inter Milan you all. So, uh, uh, I, Evan, I, I have a question for you. Uh, sure, bud. Yeah, do you really think the the union had that up in their locker room, or they do? Yeah, uh, they, sent, they, they sent me a picture. Of the uh, well, you, we start getting those uh, videos now. Of Jim Curtin talking in the yeah, locker room. Yeah, just, he sends us. He sends us a burner. Realest dude story. ever when he's talking. Yeah, he's like, isn't he like, like a he's f- dropping f bombs? He's just yeah, a bro. Yeah, he's, he's a, like, he's a, did you? Uh, Drexel Hill, gentleman. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um... No, uh, I, I don't think it's on locker room anywhere. Or if it is, they probably misspelled my name, so it's not even me. Um, <laughs> which is, it's fine. No, uh, yeah, I, uh, I feel, uh, it, man, this is, this is it's good. I'm, my, the other thing that I wanted to say is it's really fun when you're a realist because when you're wrong, it just makes being wrong a positive. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, I, I, it was they won, which was great. And then I was wrong about them choking it and being terrible, which was also great. Anyway, yeah, I suck. Uh, thanks yeah, for you're, tracking yeah. me on Twitter. Um, I needed it. I deserved it. And uh, you need it back in first place. I understand yeah. that you're wrong. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, too, have to follow up with a yeah. apology that's oh my thankfully God. not as, not well, thing. one, not that? as bad as Evan's. Two sure. is more sincere than Evan's for um, 
It's not hard Jump, to be more for, sincere than that. For it's jumping not. on board with um, the Union getting one point over their games against DC United and Atlanta United. Yeah. Um, in your obviously, in, re- five, in, in, five, so. in retrospect, uh, saying that the Union were going to get one against DC was definitely pretty naive on my part. Uh especially considering the dire straits that they are currently in. Hey, hey, hey. They got your man's back. You know saw it. So I don't care what DC for, gets. For next season. Well yeah. There there's I mean, no. there's a reason why I'm from Baltimore, but I'm a Philadelphia Union fan and not a DC United fan. Uh, you hate Volkswagen? I hate DC, <laughs> period. Alright. I mean, so, it's, it's a very subjective reason to not like it, but if hmm. you look at this team, if you look at both teams up and down from a structure standpoint, front office, first team product, you know, infrastructure at the academy level, I would much rather be on the Philadelphia oh, side yeah. of things than DC. Just because they have a fancy new stadium does not make that product any more promising and watchable mm-hmm. than it does Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, yeah. I, as I have thought about this podcast, is I think mm-hmm. I'm going to sound like Megadelphia this week. So oh, um, no. before before we talk about this game, because yeah. this game was amazing and we definitely need to talk about it, yeah. I will double down still on my statement from last week that this game doesn't matter, actually. Um, oh. That I said last week, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> not important. It's not important to what happens for the rest of the season. We kind of ran one of our listeners over the coals of like uh, you putting way too much importance on this game yeah and it's like i still have to go with that though i can't like sit here and be like oh this game proved that the philadelphia union is real for the season and they're the best (sighs) league and they're the number one you know yes we are sitting in first place but yes the two teams behind this have games in hand and are really close um so i just feel like I might sound like the realist this week of, like, it still doesn't matter that we beat Atlanta. I mean, we beat Atlanta, great. But, like, if we don't do that in the playoffs, like, yeah. no one's going to remember that we beat them 3-1 to one in the regular season. Okay, so... Brad Gibson will remember. Yeah, no, oh, he'll yeah, always remember. He'll definitely remember. I mean, it, Brandon Aronson has his number. A child yeah. has his number. I mean, he is a legal adult now. So. Well, he's a child. Um... Justin, the game, the win against Atlanta matters because it's a monkey off the back of you've never beat us, so we're just the superior team. Sure, I sure. think it. I think it shuts up a fan base to an extent, and it was very fun to watch that snowball accumulate as the game mm. went on, and as you know, Philly just kind of opened it up and ran away with it. Mm. But like, you're right to the extent of. So what if we beat this team and we crash out of the playoffs? Like, it's irrelevant. It's an irrelevant notion that we've ran with. this. It's funny to watch the national media eat this up because an MLS article comes out today saying Philadelphia Union can win the MLS Cup. Like, that would be absurd if you had said that a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago or at the beginning of the season. But now that they beat Atlanta United... They're now serious contenders. No, like we're, we don't even know if we're gonna get a bye to be, start off the playoffs or not, and we don't even have a clue as to who our first round opponent's gonna be because mm. the East is just a cluster bleep. Like it's ridiculous. But I do think it matters that we finally did beat Atlanta. Period. Like we can. We became a PG podcast there for one second. Okay, good. I was I, I've, I've been trying. I've been trying to scale back a bit, guys. Yeah. I, I, I cursed a lot in my set last night, and <laughs> my mom ended up seeing it. Oh said, no, oh, sweetie, oh. you're so funny. Oh. But why are you such a degenerate? <laughs> Wait, did she actually call you a degenerate? Yeah. Oh, she doesn't wow. Back. That's damn. Yikes. But the thing is, I'm her degenerate, and she still loves me. But that's true. My I mean, God. that's fair. I just think it's funny that she used such a like old timey word to describe you. Well, my mom's in her fifties. Hey, oof, oof. 
Oof. Almost gave it up there. That would have been rough. Um, if Paul would have just been shot or something. Uh, yeah, it, she's actually trying to break down the door right now. It's yeah, just... she would have replaced you on the podcast, and I would have been better for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robbie, your thoughts as a, as a fan and or as someone that, you know, looks at kits for a living? <laughs> do you, yeah. So do you... I, I was going to uh, interject there. Yeah. Um, that you guys haven't talked about the next three games are on the road. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. in MLS seems really hard for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the math of it, but they probably get maybe three points out of that. I, that's. I mean, I, maybe I'm too negative about it, but. Oh, um, I think we have a new scapegoat, Negadelphi. Yeah, throw it at me. I mean, I think well, they have the best away record in the East, but um, it's still tough to go on the road, especially uh, this late in the season. So. Um, yeah, and there's the uh, Pumas game. Yeah, right. Right. So Which, I mean, and important to win. You, you must win that why, game. Why are we doing that whole thing, by the way? Uh, Marco Fabian. Uh, Marketing. Yeah. I mean, Rooney just went 90 in a friendly against the Mexican team tonight, so, you know. It's contractually obligated. On, so they're, you know, it's... Oh, they're, they're making doing... Wayne Rooney do everything since he's leaving at the end of the season. Like, you're playing in every freaking game for the rest of mankind until you exit this team. Uh, like, as they should. Now, what's interesting about... Yes, Robbie. It's going to be extremely difficult for the Union to put together a run to close out their season, especially with these next three games on the road. I would go as far to say is that the competition gets less intense in each game going down because you're literally starting with the best yeah. team in MLS to start. Yeah, that's true. Um, but this is also a Union team that has shown that on the road this year, they have been pretty damn good at getting some results out of games that Union teams for the past nine years have simply not been able to achieve just because of the inability to be flexible with their formation and their lineup. They didn't have the skill that nearly they have right now in the midfield. And, you know, I three points seems reasonable to an extent. I would maybe give it five points. That's what I'm thinking out of the next stretch of games. So five still... points says they don't lose any of those games. I mean, they don't lose two. Yeah. yeah. We're not a mathing podcast. It's a... okay. Yeah. If I was moving the goalpost, I would put the over under at three point five. Because <laughs> okay. four, four is nice. I take the a under. Win, a draw and a loss. You lose. You lose to LA. Uh, draw San Jose and you beat Columbus. Right? Real, real quick, uh, the LA game is at Talon. The LA game is yeah. the. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the the three then... the three following are away. So LA's at Talon, and then Red Bull, San Jose, and Columbus are all away, and then they. Oh end my god! I keep forgetting City. about that irrelevant team from New Jersey. Oh my god! It's like, <laughs> it's like, how do I do this to myself, man? Really. Um, uh, so, yeah, okay, that, that I'm going to go ahead and say six points out of those three road games, though. Right. Uh, but LA is going to be tough. That said, the Union are projecting right. very well on the entire league right now. I'll be and that guy, enough. but like a draw there against LA is probably nice. Yeah. Yeah. I take a mo- draw. This yeah, mo- most definitely. Um, also, going back to the Atlanta game, mm-hmm. at least. It both does and doesn't matter at the same yeah. time. <laughs> You're right. Schrodinger's No, so it matters in the Union essentially secured a top four spot in the East, which means yep. a home playoff game. It matters in the fact that that game had a playoff feel to it. So mm-hmm. it will prepare the Union down the road. It realistically doesn't matter in terms of a first round buy because Atlanta and NYCFC still control their destinies. Yeah. I mean that I that's just, always gonna be that was always gonna be inevitable, you know, going down the stretch. There are obviously ways it matters. I just think we I think we talked about it last week in the fact of like does does a win against Atlanta prove that this team is for real? And the answer is no. 
that never happens until you get to the playoffs. Now, you do have to get there, so we did get there through this game. But I think it's like you have to you have to win in the playoffs for any of your regular season games to actually matter. And that's where I think it doesn't it doesn't matter in the sense that it doesn't prove necessarily anything about this team. But practically, it does matter for several reasons. We finally beat Atlanta. We clinched the playoff spot. We basically clinched ourselves a top four spot. Um, so all of that is definitely true. Right. I just think it doesn't prove that this team is for real. Like I think a lot of Union fans would say right. that this game proves that the Union are for real this year. And I also think, going back to Chuck's point of it being a playoff feel, is you getting that experience as a team, mm-hmm. as, you know, as a unit of getting that kind of intensity in a regular season game. You know, because, let's face it, these regular rivalry games that the Union put themselves in against, what, New York and D.C. and stuff like that, yeah, they're heated and whatnot, but too many people have been telling me, like, you had to be there at that stadium to witness that feel of a game. We go back to a few weeks ago when that stadium was erupting and Mm -hmm. all singing in unison, like, it's becoming a home field advantage for Philadelphia. And if they're going to bring that kind of intensity into those important games, the team really has nothing to worry about except to go out there and execute their game plan. You know, it doesn't matter really if it's a game, you know, that's in the middle of August or a game that's in the middle of October, you know, because they know what the stakes are. They have to keep winning for people to not just dismiss them as some random team from the East. Like, that's the only way people are going to shut up about it is if they just keep winning. And, you know, and it's not out of the realm of possibilities to say that this team is well-equipped to go on a playoff run because they've shown that they can play on the road, and they've shown that no matter who comes into their stadium, they have the upper hand when it comes to it. Also, speaking of game plans, um, this game matters to Jim Curtin because he tried out the 4-2-3-1 in a lineup similar to this against D.C. United. And then it worked perfectly against Atlanta United. Um, Even his tough choices with playing Mark McKenzie in this game, um, not having Alejandro Bedoya available, like everything he picked worked. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we mentioned last week that this is going to be a real testament to Jim Curtin's ability as a head coach to adjust to these kinds of things that happen through a season. He's almost kind of lucky that we're not losing these players to injury. You know, it's not like he doesn't have them for an extended period of time. It's almost like he's getting these weekly challenges. Yep, he's not going with. He's not going with. It's right next to me. I got it. It's Mm. cool. But... You know, it, it's nice to see that a coach who has just been given an extension, who is clearly, he has, he has the faith of his general manager and his players, is able to deliver when it comes down to it the most. And we're, I think we're going to see that prime example of it coming up in this L.A. game and then also when it comes to running into the playoffs because he's taken every challenge in full stride and mm-hmm. the league has definitely taken notice that he's in the conversation for coach of the year and yeah. like he's in the conversation he's in the I'm conversation but it's it's not he's in the conversation right. yeah so i don't know so for me there's definitely three there's three goals that we definitely need to talk about and not okay. all of them belong to the union sure uh us. what the heck happened on that goal? like it's how is that even uh, possible? I um, I will never not be amazed by what he can do with the with a soccer ball at his feet. Oh my! Uh, yeah, Joseph Martinez is because yeah, the monster. like build up was nice, but that whole like I'm gonna settle it down and then fake a shot and just make Andre like bite really hard on it was phenomenal. And I'm gonna make Jack Elliott look like an idiot in the process. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's not even on Jack Elliott. He spin moved around him like the audacity to even try it like would set me off as a defender. Like, there's no way this guy's getting around me, and then he spins out of. Then he makes you a turnstile and scores on you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Just word! Utter <laughs> filth. 
Beauty. from Atlanta. It be like that sometimes. It does. It, it do, does it be, do like be like that sometimes. Elliot's yeah. had a couple goals like that this yeah, year. On them, for sure. Where like, like the Acosta one in yeah. the DC United game just like went right. Like Acosta like flicked it through his leg. He's a small South African man. Yeah. <laughs> He's going like... to turn on Jack Elliott. Yeah, that's South American, right? Shame. Shame. Yeah. All, all of Jack Elliott's goals that he allows are just kind of like, oops. Like, yeah. sorry, like, most of you would probably make that mistake, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other two, mm-hmm. we could talk about, well, one assist and then the other key pass, but, oh, my goodness, Harris Madunian and, and Kai Wagner, those yeah. balls into Aronson and Santos yeah. were absolutely incredible balls. That cast, yeah, <laughs> Oh my god, dude. It's like I like that you didn't mention either of the finishes. Oh, the finishes oh. were great, but I want to talk about the balls first. The okay. balls in first. I mean, Medunian's ball was perfectly weighted. Yep. Perfectly like Called placed. Snickering like 12-year-old. How you Bilko and Aronson both beat the defenders like I mean, well, by, I love no by a few yards. Yeah. I, yeah. I uh I never thought Brendan Aronson would be the kid that nutmegs Brad Hughes on twice and just tells him to go retire already. You know, the police have been called. It's been written. Yeah. It's been written many moons ago. (laughs) Medford Massey. Collision course with destiny. But still, yeah, Kai Bosner is distributing like an absolute beast right now. And Medunian being at the base of that midfield is... Mm-hmm. Something that definitely shut us up from the beginning of the season when we were calling for yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we all, we call, we only called for his head in one game. Yeah, uh, it was true. a couple games. No, it no, was, it was one game, and then Warren Craval came into the lineup, and all was right with the world. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, and it. the finish. I mean, the fin- uh, Aaron's finish was absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, Paul, I think I. Chuck, was it you who tweeted back to me about Aronson's finish and how, like, he just, I mean... His so release. I, I don't know how he gets a ball from his feet to the back of the net so quickly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think most people try to hit that uh, half volley first time. If Watch the goal back. It'll make more sense if you're confused. Uh he waits for it to drop again and then hits it. And I think that definitely helps. But, like, just for him to have the wherewithal to see, like, pretty much it's not an open net, but he's got a good chance and he's in behind. And for him not to just rush it, like, I think we'd see countless individuals, not not just in Union world, but in MLS, just kind of go, oh, let me try to hit this time on the half. But for him to give it a, you know, touch or, or bounce or whatever, and then just release, because I guess, I mean, he knows he can hit a ball like that, too. Um, was phenomenal. And it's a testament to his speed, too, that yeah. he was even allowed to let that ball settle for a second time and kind of, like, get Guzan's positioning. And the fact that he literally could have put it to the left, to the right, and put it right through the middle of good old, bald Brad Guzan, <laughs> just to end him and to basically knock Atlanta back on their ass. Because what followed after that was just clinical build-up. Just wonderful, like, to disrupt their build-up. Besides terrifying miscommunication from Jack Elliott and Andre Blake. But, yeah, yeah that other was, than that. I genuinely thought Joseph Martinez, like, tore his meniscus. I did, too. He fell and missed that shot. I was, yeah. like, I was nervous for Atlanta fans as a whole if they had to watch that happen. Like, he literally <laughs> missed the open net. And then also like tears his knee, stubs his toe. I think he, I think he was playing that up a bit because he missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's actually pretty ridiculous that he was down like that, and then it's just like, oh, it's fine. I'll play ninety. Yeah, I like yeah, playing soccer. Like <laughs> playing soccer, like kid, like I'm a forward. Like when I miss an easy goal, I'll I'll blame it on getting hurt, but then I'll be yeah. fine. So it's like you see that happen. This turf toe is really acting up right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got me in that one moment. Yeah, exactly. Oh, baby. Um, I'm going to give credit to Sergio Santos's ball. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a really nice cutback. But, like, how in the world does Shabilko hit that? 
because he's really, really good. I this actually what that reminded me of is y'all remember when the union basically took a flyer on this kid because he was like U twenty three Polish international but was hurt forever so like no one really wanted him. Yeah, that's what Ernst vividly does. <laughs> yeah, like that's how you get really good internationals for nothing in in MLS. Like that's how you attract guys like that over here. Um, and man, I mean, it's paying off. Because what a hit for the second goal. Because he's now he's now up there in the MLS goal hierarchy at this moment. And what's really crazy is that his goals are coming in all different styles. Like, he's hitting them from anywhere he really wants to. But that near post run where yeah. he can lull a defender into basically like a flat-footed walk. And then that quick burst of speed three strides to get um, to the spot and just here's yeah. a here's a fun one he's got 13 which a for everyone that was talking about at the beginning of the year is three more than cj sapong currently has and he's tied on goals with chris wandalowski he's got well, two I more than chris rudy does so like it's it's but i mean wando is a guy that'll bag like 20 a year consistently like at the beginning of the season, if you were like, oh, yeah, Casper Shibuko is going to be, like, Chris Wando levels of, of production, I'd be like, mm, that's nice, but no. I would yeah, have taken I, that bet. You think? Yeah, all right. I mean, I think you're, like, I think you're... What's nice about yeah. Shibuko is, like, no one's really talking about him either. And it's yeah. like he's quietly, like, putting together a really, really One good of the best season. seasons for a forward that the Union have ever had. Well... Not only that, but just a good MLS quality. Oh, level for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he's just putting together a really good season, and no one's like, you know, we love to talk about Joseph Martinez and sure pity and pity. I mean, Martinez to be fair, and, he has twenty three. Well, if you've like, listened to right. anyone who plays MLS fantasy, they talk about him. <laughs> because who might also, be, how many how many assists does this boy have too as a forward, as a primary striker? Way more than most strikers in MLS right now. Um, he currently Way has more. four, which, um, looking at actual strikers, he is tied with Zlatan and one behind Minotas. There you go. Which talk about you know another nice assist to uh, to end this game, ice yeah. this game. I mean, Sergio when Jim Curtin, when Jim Curtin said that he plays like a ten. He wasn't kidding. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And I think it was nice to see Santos kind of get that for him because it showed mm -hmm. that his role on this team is not as a second striker up top with someone, but he can be brought in when El Sino comes later into that game to kind of flank down the right, and you can put Sergio Santos down the left to work with Wagner and that midfield. I think that really is what's going to spread these defenses thin later into games. Like, I think Santos understands his role. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't seem like a dude that really wants to go 70 minutes up top trying to battle center backs, you know. He wants to run at your fullbacks and get into that space where he can deliver a good cross. And, you know, then he delivers that kind of cross. You get him isolated into space, and he can make those runs to score goals. He's not battling the whole time for his positioning. He's making runs. He's making productive runs to get into spaces and finish his chances. That's always been how he's been productive this season. And learning that he can't play up top right now because you have striking options up there, even with Corey Burke being gone, is nice. It's really nice because that only expands Jim's flexibility with this lineup. Oh, what's yeah. that, guys? It's a segue opportunity. Speaking of being gone, Corey Burke has landed at a club, uh, which, funnily enough, is coached by Philadelphia Union one appearance haver, Shamar Thomas. In the OG seasons, baby, yeah, we're going way back. The Chivas USA affiliation continues. Now there's there's another degree of separation. Anyway, uh, Portmore United have acquired the services of Corey Burke for the remainder of the 2019 season, uh, and Corey Burke just got a Jamaican national team call up again. So, uh, 
Yeah, good for him to get somewhere. I, I don't know. I can't imagine Jamaica's where he, like, ends up as a player. That would be a little weird. Um, I think he's better quality than the Jamaican Premier League. I think he's I mean, much better quality than that. Yes. Um, so. Still can't imagine the Philadelphia is where he ends up as a player Correct. either. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. what I was mm-hmm. eventually working towards. Was uh, mm. do, do we think he's on this team next year? Is it Sergio Santos was good but not consistent enough? Do we think that they're using his loan to Portmore as a way to kind of figure out what he's got? Um, All of the above? I'd say it's keeping fit to sell in the USL. Okay. Yeah. Maybe flip him to a Nashville too. If you I was gonna say them. that's it's not well, but David they could, what? Well, but they and and I don't think like the Union are gonna leave Corey Burke protect like they're not gonna protect Corey Burke. So if Nashville really wants him, they could just grab him in the expansion draft. Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to if uh, Vooten is able to prove mm. that he can stay on this roster and, um, you know, kind of eliminate that possibility of Corey staying. Because I don't think the union really want to keep him right now, given the tumultuous affair that led to him staying in Jamaica, which we don't necessarily know the details about. I will speculate recklessly all the time about it, but I digress. I think it's I think it's just going to really come down to how the strikers finish out the season to see if Corey Burke is in the long-term plans for Philadelphia and like I'm glad he's playing somewhere. I'm glad he's staying fit. That's all I can really say about it. I think that Corey Burke is in a Philadelphia Union uniform next year. I think that's what's happening. I like. I think like Jim. Uh, Jim has shown that he uh, he will play with a striker who may not be an out and out striker all the time, but can play multiple positions even if not particularly well. Uh, so I think like when you look at guys like Pico, you look at guys like Santos, you look at guys like Corey Burke, they all sort of can. play play that winger role they all can play a little bit different positions depending on where you want to play them you can deploy Pico as a striker you can deploy him as a winger you can deploy Santos as a winger you could deploy him as a second striker you can kind of play those guys either way and I think Corey Burke is another one of those guys that potentially late in the game he can come in he can play a winger role uh, or you could put him up top in a in a second striker to you know two striker system so I think that they, I don't think they loan him out if he's not in the plans for next season. Yeah, like they kind of just let him ride it out. Yeah, know. I think they just let him sit it, and then at the end of the season they cut him. Yeah, they're clearly being proactive with the situation, so it's it's going to definitely be something we have to keep an eye on, like as it progresses. But mm. it, it's tough, you know. You almost you you hope those ties aren't completely severed there. You know, given that he was supposed to be poised for a pretty promising season with the lack of attacking options before, even before Akam was gone and they bring in Vooten and, you know, Casper's a revelation up top. It's, you know, something you really didn't anticipate as being an issue this season, but at least they're handling it. You know, at least the front office isn't in total disarray over losing this guy to deportation. Like, Good on good on the union for staying on the course. Uh, a lot of typing happening. Freaking me out. Yeah. That's, that's Sorry. Um, and then <laughs> uh, right on. And then the uh, the other news uh, was Jack DeVries, right? Yeah, I mean, his... a drawing interest from Europe over in the Netherlands. Well, no, no, he's uh, he's in the U seventeen uh, roster now. Well, you well, what was what were the teams that were after him there? PSV and I don't. You had Copenhagen as well, trying to go after him. Yeah, I mean, like there was news well, today. Both of you are talking about news, but Evans talking about the more recent news about yeah. him being in the 
Most... He was in camp for the U17s, <laughs> but then uh, was it one of Dallas's kids had to pull out because of an injury? Okay. Yeah. And DeVries is like in, in the U17 roster roster itself now. Paul, you're talking about the thing that happened like two weeks ago or a week ago. I know. I nice. just think it's very exciting. Okay. Happy for our kids. I mean, it's good stuff. I mean, that's, I think that's just something we're watching the academy develop into something that's turning out good soccer players, and that's a really good thing. And um, he actually replaced uh, a DC United player in Griffin. Oh, oh right. It was Yao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. No. Uh, it's, it's fine. Good on I, well, like I don't want to be like, oh, it's good that a seventeen-year-old got hurt because GC United. Like it, you know. I want <laughs> I want American soccer players to do well, regardless of who they play for. Um, it's it's nice to have them come from around here. Yes, but it's one of ours. So, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's it, right? Yeah, we have questions. a bunch of listener let questions. Us, let us oh, rapid fire through these yeah. questions and terrible takes from oh. a repeat offender. Oh no! Is it me? Nope. Oh no! For once, oh, no. For once, it's not you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, hit me up with the first question. Whoever's got it. Um. So Gary Lewis is with us again at Gary Lewis underscore eight six. <laughs> Hi, Gary. Um, so he oh, says, okay. I enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks, Thank after you. we ripped you apart last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My middle namesake, by the way, Gary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, just try to give you topics that maybe you don't think of. So the facts are there, regression after accomplishment. McKenzie, U20s, trustee, and Keegan call-up. Also, Keegan being in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so his question was around uh, Kai Wagner's, uh, just like being in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. And his take is, I hope he doesn't win, because if he wins, he will hit the same regression that Keegan, McKenzie, and Trusty have hit. Accomplish something and then get complacent. Uh, um, I, hey, man. <laughs> Sir, this is an RBC. I, like, <laughs> what? I, okay. Um, um, I, I get, I get what you're yeah I understand what you're saying and and I think Kai Wagner and and Keegan Rosenberry are are completely different personalities mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. with completely different goals mm-hmm. I think Kai Wagner wouldn't get complacent if he won't so there's that but uh, if he won Defensive Player of the Year, because I think he's still a guy, uh, frantically clicks name, because I want to get his age right. He's 22. Like, he definitely has a career ahead of him in Germany or somewhere in Europe or what have you. Um, so getting accolades now in MLS and then building upon that is going to get him into or back at a European level, which is where he wants slash deserves to slash needs to be or, or whatever. So like, I'm not as like absurd as the idea of him getting complacent sounds. I can understand why. I mean, from a, we're ta- from we're a very narrow, a like union centric view, you would think that because the last guy that won uh, defensive player of the year, for, well, or was in the running for it for the Let's union, uh, did in fact get complacent. Is now playing for a not great Colorado Rapids team, who you will not be able to watch on any news network or uh, find local coverage of come uh, October. Did he completely get complacent, or did Ernest just decide you're not worth my time? Did it both? I think. I mean, I think the other thing you have to think about with Keegan is there was a, I think there is a lot of, uh, there was a lot of outside influence on his career in the sense that he has a really good season. He gets beat by Jordan Morris just because Jordan Morris scores goals. Um, And then he basically gets benched for a whole season and then has to come back and play again. So I think there was a little bit of like, I'm not sure he was even in the best place in Philly, you know, after getting benched for a whole season and then trying mm. to come back and play the next season. Yeah. I don't know that that 
I don't know that that leads to good chemistry with your coach and good chemistry oh. with the front office and or the guy that replaced you. Yeah, oh. who has now replaced you again. Right. Um, so I think that there's, I think that there's just, I mean, I think there's a lot of other things going on there. And then I think as far as trusting McKenzie, I mean, I think center back is just such a different position too in that I think that there's a lot as you get older as a center back and I think that's why you look at a lot of the top teams in Europe that's why you know Matthias Delict doesn't walk into Juventus and get a starting spot because mm-hmm. the guys in front of him have a whole lot more experience they're better at reading the game they know the game and uh, being a center back is sometimes a lot more about knowing how to read the game than your athletic ability um, and so I think we see Trusty and McKenzie both with a lot of athletic ability, but both of them just need time. They need years. They need experience to learn how to read the game and be a part of, you know, a, a setup going forward for a long time, you know. And, and with the whole comparison of Wagner regressing to Rosenberry for mm-hmm. one award, you're talking about an MLS super draft draftee getting up for the award in his rookie season as compared to a young European signing who yeah. is here to just bolster his resume. It was with get... Schalke. Yeah, like, like yeah. they're two different tiers of yep. players completely. Correct. Like, you know, <laughs> what, is he going to settle here because he's the best defender in Major League Soccer? Yep. A yep, 22-year-old left back? Get out of here. It'd be like, nice for him to not leave. I would yeah, appreciate but, that, but it won't You, you got to let your kids soar. You got to mm-hmm. let them fly away. They're destined for bigger <laughs> things. All right. All right. Next question. Yeah. Uh, with Bedoya coming back this week against uh, LAFC, do we see yeah. the diamond or does the 4 2 3 1 tactically match up against LA better? That was from Mike Bonafonte. Hi, this Mike. is one of my uh, favorite questions. What did Minnesota just beat them in? A formation that the Union will not play. Oh, yeah. was it a three? It was a 5-3-2. Nope, it was, it was, it was a 5-3-2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think they can take some of the... Oh, well, I mean, that's your roadmap, tactics. which is why I asked. Yeah. Um, You're basically a, saying a diamond. Okay, great. Then, then yeah, because the, the, the follow-up question would have been, what did it turn oh. into when they had the ball, which I know they did not have very much of. Um, so, yeah, the diamond. I would be a little surprised if we saw I mean a little bit but not really I think we could play either formation and get a draw out of this game so I don't I don't know that one matches up better against LAFC I just think when a team on the road uh, that is not as good as the Union by the way uh, beat the best team in MLS like not handedly but like if you're just looking at the score line and you're just looking at what uh, Toye did and you have better players top to bottom than Minnesota does? I, yeah, I think you can definitely gleam a lot from, from what happened there. Which is, you're going to get chances, so make them count. Yeah, and I think Philly can kind of capitalize on those chances a little bit better than Minnesota can. Uh, I think the diamond seems like the better option here, definitely. Um I'm not even going to speculate about the lineup. I'm just going to leave it to Jim. He'll figure it yeah. out, you know. Like, yeah, I think Bedoya definitely sees the field with Montero and Madunian in there, but everything else, you know, you might as well just go with what you think is going to work against these guys. Clearly, you don't need possession to beat this L.A. team. You know, they L.A. had about 600 more passes than Minnesota did. And they were still able to create the better of the chances out of the two teams. Like, the optimism has never been higher for this Philly team to beat the best team in Major League Soccer right now. Um, Paul's not going to speculate about the lineup, but I will. <laughs> All right, cool, we'll do it. <laughs> um, I think in this game against LAFC, it's in your best interest to drop Marco Fabian. Yep. If you're doing anything, you're putting Brendan Aronson at the tip of that diamond. You're mm-hmm. having Warren Craval out at the side. Um, well, actually, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. You actually have a healthy Montero right now. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I know. I caught myself. We stand Craval heavy. 
I, healthy hey, I said going into this podcast that I've been drinking tonight. <laughs> you call when Chuck drinks, he thinks of one man. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble, please. I didn't. You said. Again, I caught myself. Well, and we're right, going to go back. Um... But, like, realistically, your best defensive midfield is going to have Aronson, Montero, Mandunian, and, and Bedoya in it right now. And that's also the best midfield that has a chance of cutting apart LAFC. I don't know who the hell plays at striker. And, frankly, I don't care because it's Shabilko and then yeah. someone playing off of Shabilko. Yeah, like, Shabilko is the clear draw but, um, for the defensive effort. Also, at this mm. point, it's another uh, Mark McKenzie start. Yes, it is. You can't yes. sit him. Yes, please. Nope. Uh, I mean, it seems like Shabilko and Santos, you know, uh, when you score and assist for each other, uh, maybe. We can probably play those two, I guess. Do we sit, uh, do we sit Ray Gaddison's? No. Hey, never. Actually, actually, Ray Gaddis had a pretty good game against Atlanta. I will actually give him some props. A statement in 2019 mm. that everyone expected to hear. Yep. All right. Uh, next question is from John De- John Zapata, but we're going to talk about that next week. Hopefully, if he ever responds to our tweets, um, um, he responded to our DM that he will be down. Great. Hey. Ah, we have a guest. Uh, is going to be on the show next week. To talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Let's go. Hell yeah. Um, okay, next question. So, if we finish the season in second behind Atlanta and therefore still qualify for Champions League play, how far in the playoffs do you do the U have to go for it to be viewed as a successful season? A home you playoff game is great, game. but I'd love to see some playoff wins too. You that have was from to win Chap. a playoff game. That was from who? Chap. 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 Just Chap. One eight four three zero. Uh, yeah, you need a win. In yeah, the playoffs. Gotta win. Yeah. You do. Uh you gotta show progression, right? So you gotta like get there and then you gotta win one. So there's nothing for your argument to say that you're a better team if you couldn't progress in the MLS playoffs and then next year you have to compete in an even more difficult tournament style challenge in the CONCACAF Champions League. Mm-hmm. Like who says that's gonna be easier for that team than to win a playoff game right now? You qualify for it, great, but you better win a playoff game and you better get to the next round if yep. you want people to take you seriously. And then one last question. Justin Friedberg asks, if they beat LAFC, does that move the union into clear favorites in the East? The answer is no, because we still do not control our own destiny. No. Yeah. It just sucks that it's not possible to be clear favorites until NYCFC plays some games. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Oh, there is one more. This says update new link for pre-order available here. I don't know what that's a. Is that about a jersey or something? Yes, that is from me. <laughs> just just informing everyone yep. that we have a working PayPal account that is ready to take your money, and we will give you amazing Icarus jerseys that are just awesome. I can't stress enough how awesome these things look. That's yeah, pretty great. <laughs> if you're sick of wearing a jersey with bimbo on it. Go take a look or at this thing. It doesn't have a middle stripe anymore. Yes. Yeah, if you're heated about Let that, we really did listen to you and threw it in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, before this becomes way too long of a podcast, Robbie, tell people where they can find you if they want kits or if they want to buy kits from you. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just make sure. I've got different Instagram handle and a different Twitter handle. Uh, and on yeah, there's an Icarus FC in England. Um, they're the Royal Air Force Veterans Club. Oh, that's actually oh, really wow. cool. That's I'm so not cool. I'm not about to ask them to switch. Uh, Your Twitter is Icarus FC PHL. Yes, correct. And then my Instagram is Icarus Football. Um, so like football. Uh, 
And then you can find our website's IcarusFC.com. Uh, and then we have some stuff for sale on there uh, at IcarusFC.com slash shop. Also, you can just reach out to us at owner at IcarusFC.com uh, if you uh, want to get a custom jersey made. Our minimum order is only 10, so feel free to reach out. Sick. Thanks for being on. Thanks for talking. Thanks for turning our pipe dream into reality, and we uh, definitely look forward to working with you. we got to figure out how we're going to do some things that we're planning on doing, but... Uh, once we once we get all that logistically sorted out, we'll uh, we'll start doing it. Yeah, a lot a lot more collaboration between the two of them. Yeah, the five of us for sure. Great, that sounds awesome. And thanks again for having me on. And no uh, worries, thanks, for, thanks for letting me help out with your uh, inaugural kits. Anytime. Any yeah. t- don't, well, hmm, I like making money more than I like losing money. So maybe <laughs> not any time, but well, it depends on how many you sell. So. Yeah, right. So far, it's looking good. I like to hear that. So it's always good news. It still freaks me out that people want this. Uh, not <laughs> not in not because of the quality of the shirt, but because of what they're they're buying. Uh, anyway. Okay, good. You're yeah. buying into our brand, which our, is terrifying our, for me. <laughs> Lightning in a bottle brand. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to get in touch with that brand, which is ours at VFTB Pod, you can do that. Um, if you uh, have any questions, you want us to read your, your questions on air and maybe drag you uh, publicly in front of everybody, feel free to do it because we'll, we'll do it, damn it. Um, we, were, we were nice we'll this week. We were nice this week because I understood why the question existed. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge, a Philadelphia Union podcast. As always, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We are a proud part of the Beautiful Game Network. BGN is a network of soccer podcasts, writing, and other great content. Go check them out at bgn.fn. You can find us on social media at VFTBpod on both Twitter and Facebook. Go check us out there, leave us a note, and ask questions. That is at VFTBpod on both Twitter and Facebook. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe to the show, and please leave us a review. For the Views from the Bridge podcast, Evan Valella, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft. Later! Later!